Thank you for checking out this episode on Really Dicey's Game Master podcast. You can see the video version of this discussion on YouTube, as well as more content on reallydicey.com. Hello, everyone. Thank you for checking out this episode of Really Dicey. This is Manny. I'm Matt. I'm Scott. And I'm Peter. And today we're going to talk about cities and role-playing games, uh, uh, how to make them unique, how to create them, all sorts of very interesting related topics. So Matt, go ahead and lead the discussion. All right. Well, let's get started right away. Why would you want to play an urban adventure? How is an urban dif adventure different than a wilderness adventure or a dungeon adventure? Why play in a city? Well, here's the thing. And as I keep on saying, I focus on one spot. Everything else I treat kind of as wilderness. To me, it's not all that different, you know, because um, parts of the city can be your wilderness and uh, parts of your city uh, can, can be your dungeon, you know, because if you think about dungeon design, you know, there's not much different. If you're mapping out a, 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 a section of the city where the action is taking place, it's not much different than, you know, actually being in the dungeon. I mean, yeah, there, there, there's some differences as far as like size and scale and stuff, but um, uh, you're basically moving one hex at a time in the city, the same way that you are in a dungeon. Um, but what does make them different is I tend to find that uh, for the most part, city adventures tend to be either political or they tend to be something that's very crime focused or, you know, what's the difference, right? But, um, <laughs> but, but basically that's what city adventures tend to be. You, they, there tends to be a lot of like politics dealing with uh, the, the ruling class, you know, whether, whether that's the political class or the, the, uh, the, 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 the money class. So the merchants or, you know, the capitalists, whatever it is, you know what I'm saying? The, the, the evil corporations, you know what I'm saying? That, you know, like the, you know, Omnicorp or whatever, you know, and, um, uh, or, you know, just the, your, your classic mafia type or thieves guild is basically the enemy of the big bad or whatever, or you can, um, you can even go with something like say a uh, dark city where it's like maybe some force has taken over the city, you know, and you're getting to the bottom of that, that can lead like into nice stuff, like in the catacombs or in the sewers and stuff. Uh, really, like I said, to me, it's, it's no different. You're just in a more confined area. You're not traveling, you know, from one part of the world to the other, but you can have the same kind of adventuring in a city. Why would anyone want to go to a city in real life? It's because they want to make money. And there's there's opportunities, more opportunities there to make money than there would be maybe out in a village or in the woods or anything like that. Uh, cities tend to have a mystique about them. You know, it's just like uh, Peter said, like yeah, they, well, there is a wilderness in cities in a sense. There's a lot of to explore there and um, a, lot, a lot of people to to network with and and secrets to uncover. Um, I mean, I mean, I mean, this world, for example, has that famous uh, uh, magic school that no one could find a way in, you know, and they 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 want to because there's always this some secret of magic they want to uh, uh, discover in there. The fighting environments also very different. I mean, you you don't want to cast fireball in a, a six by six room. I, 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 would. I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you gotta, you gotta keep things interesting, you know. <laughs> You know, so it's it, so when when casting magic in cities, it's, it's very different. I think that's why people like to play in cities. Okay, um, but your answer has kind of um, <clears throat> brought up a challenge. So, 
if I'm running a dungeon, <clears throat> I've got a map and I've got some rooms and I know who's in the rooms and I got some wandering monsters and I know where the traps are and everything. And, I, and the, I've got the players on a line. They can go, you know, north and south or in that room or that room, right? If I'm in a wilderness, if I'm running a wilderness game, they can just wander around the wilderness and I can have them run into a, a magical bear that eats them or not. I can see that going. If they're in a city, if I put them in a city, they can literally go anywhere and talk to thousands of people and get involved in a million different plots and stories. How the heck do I handle that? I mean, if, if they're not really focused on my plot and they just decide to, you know, we're going to go down that street and pop into that shop. How, how, do I, how do I handle that giant wide open? I think that that's where it becomes important for you as the GM to have at least a general idea of what is going on in your world and what is going on in your city in relation to that world. So yeah, a million things can happen, I agree. But there is an adventure you're supposed to be on. And if you choose to not do it, you know, things are gonna happen. You know, if the big bad ends up taking over the world, then oh, oh well, buddy, you know, you were out, you know, looking for women, you know. <laughs> One thing you can do is, um, you know, we've talked a lot about how to make the cities exciting. But you can go the other direction. They can go around and talk to these people and maybe everything they do is incredibly boring. <laughs> maybe they're just running into people that aren't interesting because I've been in lots of cities where the people I run into aren't that interesting. <laughs> and so, you know, after a little bit of exploring and it, they can't find anything else to do, maybe they'll go back to your plot. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I suppose that's one way of doing it. <laughs> mm -hmm. I had a group of players who uh, got into a city and um, they started asking everybody their name. Uh, and my players were jerks and they did it just to watch me stumble over names. So they mm -hmm. just, every random person, they'd ask them their name and their life story. I eventually had the guards arrest them. I was trying to talk to the guards and asking her about their families. They just wanted to see me on mm. the spot improvising things, but. <laughs> I forgot who it was that I was watching recently. I think it was Matt Colville. Um, he said, um, because I've had the same thing happen. Now, I, I haven't had people like try to make me stumble for names, but um, that always happens where somebody, for whatever reason, like they ask a name and you're like, oh, come on, man. Like, it's guard number one. You know what I'm saying? It's like, <laughs> why would you, you know? But um, I, I think, I believe it was Matt Colville. He had said that what he does is before he starts a game, he actually has like an index card or a sheet of paper with a list of names, Yeah, you know? And that way, you know, if you ask, what's your name? He can just look over and write, th write that in there. Give it, well, Gildor, you know, it's like. Yeah, and I started doing that after that game. The, the, the next game I came in with a bloody phone book. All right, Emmanuel, what do you do if they're running rough shot through the city oh my, my my answer is short improv um like you said before matt um i i oh you're going um you want to go down to the go down to the marketplace oh you just happen to bump to someone and they picked your pockets and now you got to chase after them and mm -hmm. it just so happens that they're, they're running back into the story that i planned for them yeah. um <laughs> that's the way that's can't get away from the story it's mm -hmm. yeah so it's just it's just um i mean um 
the the Adventures of Middle Earth books do a great job uh, with their with their planning. Um, like Lake Town, uh, they have sec. It, it, game masters should know the sections of the city. Um, so just in case they do want it that way, they have a, a backup plan just in case in case things go awry in some way. Um, but short answer, improv. A lot of most role playing games have cities, but what is the purpose of the city in the role playing game? Uh, well, um, I hate to sound like a broken record, but I feel like I say this every time we talk. It depends on the campaign. Uh, the role of the city is going to be different depending on what type of campaign it is. In a lot of campaigns, the city is sort of the home base where the people, you'll go back there and you'll drop your loot off and then you'll buy your new loot and then you'll <laughs> go back out to the next dungeon. But there's some campaigns that are urban campaigns that are all set in the city itself. Um, and so the role of the city, it just depends really on what type of campaign that, you, that it is you're running. I think as far as like a starting point, we all have like um, uh, the town that we start at. Right. So the city often, as, as, as Scott just said, is the, is the starting point. It's where the characters meet up. Uh, it's probably where we see like their origin story. Maybe they're from the city. Uh, that kind of a thing. So basically, it's it's the start of the adventure, and from there is where like you go to uh, you know Mordor or wherever it is that you're headed to afterward. I I tend to view cities as a dungeon in itself. Um, I just watched a recent documentary where this this man uh, walked on every street in New York City, and uh, he documented all the things he found, all the people he met. And I remember in my younger years that when I would uh, uh, skip school, <laughs> uh, I would just walk around New, um, New York City and I always will find something new, something different, you know, an interesting restaurant, a, a unique uh, comic book store, things like that. And um, I've, I've taken that experience and used it for, for my stories where I kind of use cities as a, as a mysterious dungeon in a way. There's, a, there's like different like alleys and, and stores and, and buildings that, that, um, it, it's, it, that, that, that could be, um, they give players a very unique experience. You guys mentioned several things that the city could be. It could be the home base, it could be the adventure, and it could be the dungeon. How are those three roles different? What do you have to do to the city if it's going to be your home base as opposed to going to be your the location of your whole adventure? Oh, I mean, I think I think you need to design them differently. Like if if particularly if the city's going to be the home base, uh, rather if 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 the setting of the adventure is going to be in the city, you have to do a lot more developing of what what's going to be in the city. Um, if the city is just the place where, you know, your quest giver is at, you know, <laughs> like you back, go back to the city, there's the guy with a question mark over his head and he tells you to go out to the dungeon. You don't need to do necessarily quite as much, but if you're going to be setting the adventure in the city, uh, there's a lot more work that you need to do in terms of figuring out all the different as how the city works. Uh, you know, the different aspects of the city that you can kind of gloss over if the city is just sort of one point, you know, the starting point, then you're going to be leaving the town or something like that. I tend to be more story focused, especially when it comes to the characters, because I like to feel like, um, I, I, I guess, like like the characters are basically invested in the, the setting very much, you know, so I, so I like to I like to work with characters as far as their backstory, and I like to incorporate that into, if, if the city is the location of the campaign, if, you know, if it's the dungeon and it's also like the setting, I like to, I, I basically like to tie in 
the character's backstory into that. Like, who do they know in the city? Are they from the city? Do they have family in the city? That kind of a thing. So it's so definitely, like Scott said, much more development in the city, but also much more development in the story as well. So I have to make a confession. A lot of times I don't like starting adventures in the city. Uh, usually it's it's uh, uh, something that they, they journey into. The reason why is because for me, cities it takes a lot of brain work, a lot of a lot of uh, uh, brain power to to uh, conceptualize like what this city is. It's all about because every city is extremely different from one another. I mean, if anyone that says Boston and New York are the same thing, um, they've never been to either, <laughs> in my opinion, because um, they they're both very different. Uh, the architecture in Boston is very different from New York City. The history of both of them are extremely different, and has played a a role of how it's developed. Uh, today. Um, so like, for example, I'm going to use two cities, Waterdeep and Baldur's Gate, um, two very different cities. And they, I think um, Dungeons and Dragons done a good job in differentiating the two. Villages are easier, like especially if new players are coming together. Um, it's not much in a village. It's just your basic things, your tavern, uh, blacksmith, um, uh, things like that. While cities have a, a lot of things and it's a lot of complex intrigue. You know, I'm, I'm thinking, all right, like who has the power here uh, in this city? Um, why does the city exist? Are we by, by the sea? Is it, is it, is it um, commerce? Is that what's driving the city? What's, 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 why is everyone packed in this city exactly? And then usually from that idea, that's when I start thinking about, okay, that something with the adventure will be linked into that in some way. Um, because uh, most times when we do uh, power situations in, in the city, usually because the powers that be are usually corrupt. Most city officials in game tend to be very corrupt. Um, so I, I, I just try to, I try to think of what makes the city unique uh, so that players can, can um, again, get that feel. I want to know, um, how do you make a city unique and fun? Because as, as you guys have said, no two cities are alike. Um, and if we look um, both in real world and in fantasy, we have cities that are set aside by their geography, like Venice. Uh, we have cities that, are, that um, have these huge, deep histories, like Jerusalem. Um, in fantasy, we have underground cities. And in science fiction, we have orbital cities. Um, and uh, we have, you know, vertical cities and underwater cities. So... How do you make a game, how do you make a, a city fun and unique um, that people want to play in, that they remember? As I said before, usually I'll, I'll focus on one section. Yeah. Right. And um, a lot of times that section will kind of be like um, what the city is known mainly for. Like a city might be known for finance. Maybe it's known for, for politics as a center of government. You know, that's that's usually how I'll decide. And what I'll usually do is because I I'm very fascinated by this topic because I took a, a class in urban sociology uh, when I was in college. And I, I tend to um, as far as like I, I'm, I'm a bit of a history buff and I tend to like really get into like the nitty gritty of how things develop and how, how the way that cities usually develop is there's usually a center for commerce or whatever, and it grows out from there. You know, and so I will usually decide uh, upon something like, okay, well, what's the history of this? If there was commerce here, what was it for? If 
if you're doing something kind of like, say, like Sin City or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Or not necessarily Sin, you know, Sin City, you know, Frank Miller's Sin City, I mean. Basically, I might want to, I might start with like some kind of like dark history that it began with. Maybe uh, gangsters started, maybe this is, this was like their main hub where, you know, they did their trade, whether it was drugs or, or um, uh, slavery, you know? And um, uh, so that will be very much, and that will set the tone for what this city is like. You know, that, that's, that's usually, that, that's, that's where I start from. I go, I go with the history, I start there. And then I, I you know, I built, I, I'm very much into just like st- starting one place and then building outward and letting it evolve. If you do tie in, as Peter said earlier, the creation of the city to the history of the characters themselves in some way or another, um, it will immediately engage the characters in a different way because they're part of the city. And so if you have individual storylines for instance maybe your characters one of your characters is on a quest or one of your characters you can tie them in different ways to different parts of the city the city only has to be interesting to your characters it doesn't have to be interesting to other characters that are not in your game so you can customize the the city specific to the exact characters that are going to be playing in it so that it's interesting to what those characters are trying to accomplish well, I don't know if other people consider this fun, but I tend to think of cities, well, at least when in my games, kind of like have a, have strong elements of horror involved in it. Um, uh, and I'm not talking about like like um, like uh, uh, like uh, like a crime, you know. Uh, that that's easy to do, you know. Um, but I, I when I think I think of more like the psychological stuff, like like uh, overcrowding, you know. There's just always people around you when you're traveling um uh maybe a sense of paranoia you know like like there's it, always someone watching you maybe it's the guards maybe it's your neighbors i i think of horror um when it comes to for that type of thing hopefully our viewers have uh you know you've whetted their appetites and they want to go out and have some city adventures what resources would you recommend to people who want to set their games in cities and want to make their own cities? Well, um, as far as gaming resources, as I mentioned before, I'm very much into GURPS and um, GURPS City Stats is, uh, is a very good resource. It's very, it, it's very like um, to the point, you know, you just basically come up with like, you know, so you just have like a few stats and you come up with like points for your city, um, uh, things like mana level, because sometimes the level of mana or the, the, the amount of magic that you can use in a region differs from everywhere else. So that's one of the things that, that, that will be brought up. And also um, what's called control rating, you know, um, like what the government is like, um, uh, things like law enforcement, like, you know, you, you can have a city that maybe has like lax taxes, but is, but, but is uh, very stringent with regard to law enforcement, things like that. Um, also um, just history books. Um, is are, are a great resource. Um, also, maps and diagrams of past and existing cities. Um, with with that last one, it, um, what I like about um, looking at maps and stuff is that you can actually see, like, for instance, like like organic um, uh, development versus like planned development in cities. So, for example, in a city like New York, below Wall Street, which is some of like the oldest parts of the city the streets are very like weird the way that they're set up and the way that they you know the, the way they move along but once you get past wall street when you get past 14th street you can see where there's very clear city planning you can see that grid 
you know? And that's a good way to give your city personality, you know, to show like, okay, yeah, this is, these are like some of the older parts of the city right here. And uh, so the development is very organic and whatnot. The architecture is probably different. And, uh, and then over here are like the newer parts of the city where there was a little bit more planning and stuff like that. And just little details like that, you know, that I tend to find, you know, kind of give the city personality as well. To, to jump on uh, Peter's point, when you look at Boston, well, how they got their, how they picked their roads, uh, they let the animals in the beginning uh, create the roads, you know, mm -hmm. they just follow wherever they followed. And that's what became the roads of Boston. That's why mm -hmm. if you ever drive around Boston, good luck <laughs> finding <laughs> or going anywhere. It's just big circles and circles mm -hmm. and circles. So I, I, I really don't like like designing my own city. Again, I, I just, I just, it's one of those like where I'll just take so much time thinking about uh, for it to make sense in my head uh so i just like, look for like other things um like i like the old school second edition modules were great with maps um most recent one um murder at boulder's gate uh is a really great uh really great book it has maps uh details all the sections out and has an adventure uh for players if they want to like play right in the city you know like peter said I, I like to use old maps um i like to look at uh actual cities study sort of the history of cities. Um, it is interesting to see how they develop over time. And that can give you guidance if you look at, at cities. You know, New York is a great example. As Peter mentioned earlier, it almost seems like several cities. And it was originally several cities. Brooklyn was a completely separate city until the 1890s. And then it absorbed into one. So it has a different cultural identity. If you look at um, like immigration patterns of cities. You can see how different neighborhoods develop as, as uh, new waves of immigrants from different cultures come in. Um, I look to, like to look at um, history books. You know, there's a book, uh, I think it's called the, um, A Distant Mirror. It's a book, it's about the, um, I think the 14th century. There's a whole big section in there about the development of Paris in the 14th century that really influenced some of the city design that I've done in the past. Um, so I, I like to look at old maps and, you know, if you look at an old map of a city and then you can compare it to a new map of the same city, you can see how things have changed. Uh, so, you know, just looking at, you know, or just going out into the cities that are, we actually have here around you, um, can be a, a, good, a really good inspiration. Yes. No, that, that's a good idea. Yeah. Um, we definitely have an advantage there. It's a lot easier to walk around a city than a dungeon. So. Um, there's just, there's one, those are all great resources. There's one thing I, there's a book I wanted to mention. Um, it's called Bornheim, um, V-O-R-N-H-E-I-M. Uh, you can get it at drive Through RPG. And it is an amazing little book. It details, um, a fantasy city, uh, you know, a, um, a frozen city up in the, the wastelands. Um, and it's just got um, a really weird culture and the book gives you uh, law and order. It gives you nobles. It gives you strange customs in the city. Um, but more importantly, I think, the book gives you uh, some really interesting tools to design your own city. And uh, not only um, charts on 
random people you meet and tavern names and all that sort of stuff. You get those in a lot of books, but also some really clever ideas to make up urban details on the fly, which is actually, which can be really difficult. You know, if someone wants to move across town, right? You're usually looking at the map and figuring it out or, or you've got to sketch it out. This, this, this book has some really clever ideas to just um, make short, quick little maps to decide how long it takes per somebody to get across town and what happens to them as they do that. So it's a, it's a really fantastic book, um, really great value uh, for money. It's one of those books that uh, uses every inch of space. Uh, there, there's, there's things printed inside the cover, um, the front and the back cover. <laughs> there's a giant map on the inside of the dust jacket. So that gives you some idea <laughs> of um, how packed with information it is. So uh, that's definitely worth checking it out. Well, one quick thing, um, for modern cities, uh, Chaosium's uh, Call of Cthulhu books are excellent source books for cities. The Harlem Unbound and um, uh, the Berlin book that came out, those are two excellent, uh, so they explain like, like they do a great job of explaining the history, um, uh, the, the economy, uh, what's going on during this time, uh, famous figures, uh, great resource books. If you're, if you're looking for, if you're looking for a template, uh, those books are where I would go. For, for modern cities, at least. Yeah, yeah, that all makes, that, those are excellent books. Those are great. Um, also, um, if you're talking about horror cities, Vampire the Masquerade had some fantastic city books. I love city, I love designing cities. So, um, you know, uh, as Peter said, you, I can get into it and never actually play a game, which I've done. I have, mm -hmm. you know, very detailed city designs that no one's ever actually played in. Um, but I really enjoy it. I think city adventures can be really, really fun. Oh, they are. They're, they can be great fun. Um, so let me just mention this as a resource for you. Um, if you're a, a, um, a DM who um, doesn't particularly like uh, building cities, then, uh, then you can use someone like Scott or Peter as a resource. <laughs> just get them to design the city for you and then hand it over to you. <laughs> <laughs> there we go <laughs> thank you everyone for watching um if you have any uh, uh source books that you would recommend to our viewers list them below and um thank you for watching stay safe have a good day <laughs> get your shots <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>